Welcome back to Inside the Vault, Enterprise Bank's podcast series where we talk about items of interest to the small business community. This is part two of our series on vellum fermentation. In part one, we listened to the journey of Nate and Jenna McLaughlin in terms of getting involved in the brewing industry and how they came to have this project, this new vellum fermentation project in Pittsburgh. In this part, we're going to talk about now that vellum is open, what the future holds for them and what visitors and patrons to their South Side location can expect. So you actually conceived the idea in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you actually have it ready to, let's say, get off the ground? Uh, I don't, that's a tough question to answer. Um, so let's just go through the, the story of it, right? 2018, right. Uh, over 2019, I, I kind of got all the business figured out. I got the building figured out. We, we signed and got the lease started in August of 2019. And that with that, we got our building and all the other stuff. We started with our uh, the um, Brewer's Node notice and all the stuff for making beer. That takes a long time. Right. Um, by, t- by January 2020, we had all our ducks in a row to start, um, start build-out. January 2020, my plan was to do, do a six-month build-out of just the brew house area and a small tap room, start serving while we build the rest of it out. Get money flow, get beers in the tanks. Um, that and, didn't happen. And then the world went upside. Then the world went upside. March March <laughs> hit, everything's closed. Um, and there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened over there, mostly COVID related, yeah. some other stuff as well, um, that I think we can get into on, on another podcast maybe. Right. Um, but uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, a lot of learning. And then May of 2021, we got through with a very needed merger so that we could get the SBA loan through that we needed to finish the project. And then fast forward to April 12th of 2023. That was your that opening, was our day. opening day. Nice. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's a lot that happened between there. Everything from, you know, um, the supply chain breakdown Everything, not only not either either not being available, being eight to twenty times more expensive, uh, or taking eight to twenty times longer. Yeah. <laughs> eight to twenty times longer. Um, uh, so uh, breaking the budget and redoing it and getting more investors and begging, been begging and begging and just pleading with people like we can do this, we got this, and we did. And and Jenna came in. Uh, in the in that that's when Jenna uh, they Ryan and, and Jenna moved over and they joined the project and uh, they Jenna joined the project Ryan is like uh, he volunteers his time right yeah. <laughs> and that pays for his he, off he has a, a little office space down in this space and we kind of joke around that his his like the time he uh, volunteers for us ladling beers and stuff is his payment for his for space but he just likes i mean he fries his brain with academia so much sometimes it's just nice for him to like just do like scrubbing you know or um, yeah pull beers or talk pull, to people pull, like, pull beers and nice talk people, to humans yeah. rather mm-hmm. than stare at a screen because he's he's a bioinformatician so it's like big big data so a lot of programming um so yeah so so over covid i mean 
Um, that's when Jenna joined and we made our little pact and got, got her in and we started doing everything. And, and by everything, I mean a, a lot of, a lot of everything, anything that didn't need to be certified, um, like cleaning all of the 35,000 square feet ceilings and painting them all on a scissor lift. Yeah. We painted with, the ceiling and every wall. Cause like we got a huge, we got basically almost like a six figure, like, uh, quote for, painting the walls and painting the ceiling. And we're like, mm. we can't do that. <laughs> um, so we went on Amazon and we got two spray painters for 400 bucks a piece. We did it. And ourselves. four or five months later. Yeah. Yeah. While we were waiting for everything else to build, we were just chugging along. We built our furniture, some, almost all of our original furniture we built um, from steel that the tanks were delivered on and bowling alley wood and other stuff that we scrapped from construction junction uh which is a non-profit here that does recycling of building materials which is killer it's yeah. really it's really good yeah. we we love that, that place we get a lot of stuff from there um we have this space our workshop it's called the junkyard because we have so much stuff that we upcycle from there uh, everything from like a lot of sweat equity. Oh, yeah. Long, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, putting a Gumby, like one of those like painters, <laughs> painter suits on and a mask for 16 hours a day. Oh, my God. That's so, dedication. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's kind of like COVID. And there was a lot of details in there, obviously, of like things we did and things we built that um, are not not in that description. But just like a little smattering of things we did. Uh, yeah, we pivoted. We just continuously yeah. pivoted and and. Did what we had to do to get get to April twelfth, you know. Right. Yeah. So we're so we're three months in now. We are. Three months yeah. into the project. So if I walk in there today, Jenna, as a patron, what am mm. I gonna what am I gonna see? What am I gonna find? Yeah. What kind of fun can I yeah, have? Yeah, there's space? lots of fun. Um, <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. So right now we have a thirty six seat uh, small tap room. Um, that's where you get your beer. It's like Nate said, we built all the furniture. It's really um, comfortable and. Um, we have like an art installation in there. We teamed up with our our neighbors at the Brew House Association, um, and um, it's it's a nice, comfy little spot. And we call that like kind of like the low energy zone. People come in, they plug in their computers, they do some work while they're drinking a beer, um, and then uh, out past the brew house, we have fifteen thousand square feet of fun zone. Basically, um, we have tables, and then Recently, we just installed two pickleball courts. Indoors. Indoor cool. pickleball yeah. courts. Um, yeah, we we kept hearing the word pickleball from <laughs> our from our customers, uh, and I was like, okay, how do we make yeah. this happen? It's amazing to me. They're repurposing uh, all the yeah. tennis courts I around know. Pittsburgh. I know. Pickleball. pickleball. It's crazy. Pickleball <laughs> is like <laughs> becoming so big. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I reached out to Gamma Sports, and I was like, hey, we have this big space. You know, let's talk. They came down. And they were like, we've been looking for something like this. We've been wanting to do this. So um, they put in courts. They come once a month on a Friday and teach people how to play, bring their wares. Um, and then otherwise, it's open free play. Uh, we have a bocce court because we have so much space. We can build all this stuff indoors. So we have bocce, um, cornhole. We have free ski ball, um, three ping pong tables, and and then outdoor seating. So people come. They, you know, find fun, bring their right. families, bring their dogs. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, Ian, we see people doing everything from all the things we offer, which all the games are free play, like Jenna said, uh, to bringing in board games, 
doing their own games. I mean, we host trivia nights. Yep, trivia. Uh, we're starting. We Jenna is starting to do a lot more programming uh, with like pretty fun stuff. You know, whether it's like leagues for cornhole or pickleball or trivia nights, or um, we want to start getting some like live music in there, like small stuff. You yeah, know? like not not like huge things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what 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 kind of beers have been introduced since you opened? Yeah. So I've been. Um, you know, I've only I've only brewed ten batches so far, um, uh, so not not a ton of not a ton of brews so far um, since we've opened. But um, I I'm trying to keep everything kind of very approachable and very very kind of simple right now until I get my um, my brew house kind of dialed in because one one of the things I really need as a brewer is I need my base beers to be solid before I start adding. Well, and, and, you know, you can, I do, we do a lot of hats and yeah, we, we do this a lot actually in conversations and meetings is we'll take our, like, I'll take my brewer hat off. I'll put my like, like financial hat on and be like, well, it's, it, those ingredients are really expensive, yeah. you know, whether it's fruit or hops, especially the juicy, awesome hops. Like you need to have a good base beer before you waste, you know, thousands of dollars of raw ingredients for something that's not good enough. And so, so like, I'm really trying to square up my base beers and get all my efficiencies dialed in my brew house. So to answer your question, you know, we started out with four beers on tap. That's when we opened. We had our, um, we had a, a porter, which is our year round porter. It's a, about 4% alcohol. It's kind of modeled after uh, Deschutes Black Butte Porter because yeah. I absolutely love which that is excellent. beer. It's, yeah. it's one of those dark beers that, when people say I don't like dark beer, they can actually drink it and be like, oh, maybe I, it's not maybe I do like it. <laughs> Which is one of those things is I one of those things. And it's Ryan. I, my brother actually takes a huge amount of pleasure in this is when someone says I don't like beer or I don't like this type of beer. And we have that beer on tap. He's like, what about what if it's free? He's like, what if I give you a free sample? <laughs> Which people almost always say, oh, OK, unless they're like gluten intolerant <laughs> right. or something right. like that. They'll say, yeah, okay. And then they sip it, and nine times out of ten, they're like, oh. Changed their mind. Okay. <laughs> this is, okay. And sometimes they'll get a different beer, but at least they, it's like education, right? Which is, a, it's a phenomenal. Someone says they don't like beer. My go-to is a beer, actually, that we just released. And I promise I'm getting to a whole list of beers that we released while I'm talking about yeah. all this stuff. Um, we just released this beer for Pride, and it's on our charity tap right now, which actually a portion of the proceeds go to our charities of choice. Oh, you have a charity tap. Yeah, right yeah. And we're going to keep that. Yeah, we're going to keep that forever, um, and just rotate charities through. Um, Great idea. So this month, our charities are our LGBTQ plus uh, ally um, uh, associated, basically. So Three Rivers Business Alliance, Equality Center, and then two other ones. I, I don't think. Uh, well, two two of our um, so two of our uh, employees are are part of that community. And we wanted them to like offer their opinions on what is beneficial. You know, where can we donate? What money are they passionate? And about? what are they passionate yeah. about? And so they actually get to choose two of the weeks. That That's we really cool. Yeah. So anyway, it's a passion fruit sour beer, and it's it's like as far away from beer as, as you get. It tastes like a little bit like beer, but mostly like a passion fruit seltzer. Okay, <laughs> uh, which is which is perfect for someone that says, "Oh, I don't like beer," and I'm like, "Ah, do you not like beer?" Why don't you try this? Which is just fantastic because they're like, oh, I can drink that. I'll have a pint of that. Right. So, um, 
anyway, we have that. We have the dark beer. We have a wit beer, which I didn't see a lot of wits um, on tap in Pittsburgh. And so that was one of the ones that I first I released. Agree. I agree. And um, I wanted to go for something kind of like an Allagash White, but it's it's not cloudy. This one, uh, I'll probably... I'll probably try and get it hazy in the next batch, but like I said, like I just haven't brewed a lot of batches of beer, um, just because the brew house is so big. Like you just like if you overbrew, then you have product laying around, and you don't want that. You want it fresh. Um, but so the wit beer, that's a, a really nice one. You know, hints of coriander and and orange peel and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then we have uh, a, a low ABV. Um, our low ABV series, we we call them snack beers. Um, they're session beers, but right. we like to call them snack beers. Uh, we have an IPA <laughs> that we use a lot of PA hops in. And so it's actually, it's very earthy. PA hops are young here. They, it's, it's tough to grow them and the, and the industry is really young in, in, um, in Pennsylvania. So the, the hops are, are pretty earthy, very like, like spearmint and, and grassy, which is not those, none of those are bad things. It's just something like it almost tastes like a, like a, almost like a yerba mate tea. It, yeah, it's different. Okay. Yeah, it's, different sure. it's not that big juicy like you know like tropical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which we do have one of those. Uh, turn that thing into a drink, which is a very long name. Uh, that's our hazy uh, like deluxe or double IPA, um, and we use the classic like hazy hazy hops in there, mosaic and um, very Idaho juicy. seven and yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, our hundred percent PA grown lager. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the first lager that, um, Nate brewed was, uh, wrench dream and it's a hundred percent PA grown. So all the ingredients come from Pennsylvania. Um, the hops and the malt come from Butler, uh, CNC mm-hmm. malt. And then, uh, the yeast is from Philly. Yeah. Imperial so. yeast out of Philly. They have a laboratory there. So. One thing I one thing that like I was saying earlier is trying to be as hyper local as possible. Right. Um, it's tough with ingredients because the hop industry is very young in Pits- in Pennsylvania and around Pittsburgh. Not to say it, it can't grow, and I have some hop providers that are really in it and love it, and they're looking to plant lots of different types. But right now, there's a lot of like the classic Cascade, Centennial, like very classic, non like like galaxy and all the mm-hmm. juicy, right? So um, so w- what I'm trying to do is is make my beers, the beers I can do, 100% PA. So the lager was, is, is a sh- like a shoe. Like obviously it was easy to do because like lagers don't take a lot of hops. Um, and um, my malt provider, CNC Malt, is killer. He, take, he took a, a elementary school and he turned it into a, a floor malting facility and he turns all the malt by hand it's all floor malted traditional style which is a lot of work yeah <laughs> um, but it tastes butler. but it tastes so good it, it, yeah. it has this it has this great a lot more of a malty flavor but um you know being able to brew flexibly with my brew house um i can take advantage of that awesome malt flavor and make beers that just take taste phenomenal that you might not be able to like get that flavor right um, so all my beers, all the base malt, which there's, there's like in, when you're designing a beer, there's base malt, which is the majority of where the sugar comes from for the fermentation. Then all the specialty malts, whereas that's usually no more than 20% of the malt you put in there is specialty malt. And that's where you get a lot of the flavors like dark malts, um, sour malts and all those types of things. 
Um, and then there's the hops and then there's yeast. That's the, that's basically the ingredients for a beer. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not throwing fruit or anything in there. Um, so all of hundred percent of my base malt is from Pennsylvania and most of my specialty malt. Uh, there's still some things I'm R and Ding with, um, uh, with the owner of CNC trying to get it so I can go 100% PA with malt. Um, I'd like to do that by realistically, like by mid 2024. Um, it's a bit more of an investment for the farmers, right? And they're, they're not always a high yield. And so you, and a lot of, a lot of brewers don't want to pay that premium. But like one of the things that we do, because our scale is, is a little bit bigger, um, we can actually get that scale of efficiency where we can purchase hops at a larger, in larger batches to make, make it affordable for us, but then also pay the farmers enough to do the research and the development of growing a hop industry in, in, that hasn't been around for centuries, right? Because the hops used to be grown in Pennsylvania and in New York, right? and that was a long time ago. Uh, but I want it back. Like, come on, I want it back. <laughs> also, yeah. something we've learned over COVID is having a local supply chain is really, really important. And the yeah. only way you have a local supply chain is if you support that. Yeah, yeah. invest so, in it now. You have to, right? So, anyway. well, me as a as a beer drinker, as a consumer, I, that that's exciting to me that things can only get better in terms of the quality of the raw ingredients right. locally sourced. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So interesting, interesting. Cool. So where 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 are we headed? Where's Vellum headed? What do you what do you guys project for take the, over the world? <laughs> <laughs> nah, for the future of the business. Um, we want to go. We want to grow organically. We want to grow with our customers and grow with our community. Um, and I, I, everyone says that, but yeah. like we 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 truly, you know, we want to grow slow. Um, you know, obviously growth is always important, especially from like from like put the business head on from like a cash flow perspective and, and, and return on investment and all that stuff. But we want to do it right, um, which usually means slow. Um, so we're not in a huge rush to go regional, you know. So what we want to do is we want to finish out 2023, getting our distro going to key accounts, um, get our, our tap room like all squared up and just have our have our regular regular customers and, and regular events um, and make sure our quality is good and maybe staff up a little bit more um, for like in, in 2024, maybe hit, hit the ground running, which actually Mythbusters proved that you can't do that, um, you know, into, into maybe go, going into the local, like the metropolitan area of Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and hitting, hitting a little bit more craft, uh, craft beer cans to maybe, maybe giant Eagle or, some of those, some of those things. So that's like from a, from like a overall like distro perspective. That's kind of where we want to go. Nice regular growth, uh, grow kind of go dense and evenly rather than you know here and there. Um, you always need those sal satellites if you want to like like hey we want to start distributing to Ligonier or right. Erie. Yeah. You always need those satellites to get you there first and then grow organically from there. But. Um, yeah, I, I the the project was so interesting <laughs> so far. Uh, I don't want to overstretch yeah. and get us into trouble. So yeah, and, and right now, um, running the business wise, it's just Nate and I, um, and we're <laughs> still yeah, we're still you know we do the business part in the morning. We still have to clean the whole building. One of us is always on shift with our employees, so we're there every night until close. We close up. We 
sleep a little tiny bit and then we start all over again. So like as far as distro, uh, you know, we had to have hard talks about whether or not we wanted to actually, we needed to pull back a little bit from our original plan to, to go heavy um, because who, who's just a capacity uh, thing. sales yeah. and delivery is sitting time, in this yeah. room. Yeah. Like, so humans only have enough time. Sure. Right. So like, that's it. That's literally the only problem we have. Yeah. And getting like a good core base of yeah. like regular customers coming in, making sure we're paying attention to that and that they're happy when they come in and that we're, you know, organically growing that space as well. Just like for what people are asking for or looking for or whatever. Um, we kind of switched to that and, I think in the next three three months or so, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on sales out the door, um, wholesale cans and and kegs. Yeah. But at first, we we just realized that we needed we needed to focus on something, and the physical space was, you know, first. the first part. Yeah. That was um, the lowest hanging fruit. Right? Yeah. Because you you know again. Um, you make your mo- your best margin there. You're also getting people to come see yeah. us, meet us. We're pouring beers, and, mm-hmm. and they want to talk to us about, oh, cool, like the owners are here. Let, let's talk to them about the process, and how do you how do you figure out how to design this beer, and how do you do this, and your events, how do you pick your events, and all that stuff that, like, it gets people in front of us to meet us because yeah. us and, like, and, and our employees are the company. Yeah. And, and that's how, that's how you build a good customer base. And not only that, like we still were three months in and we're still having people come in and like, they say, Oh, we, we live two blocks away. And I'm like, how many people live two blocks away from our, <laughs> there's a lot of two blocks away. Yeah, people. <laughs> it's, like, it's like infinite amount of people live two blocks away from our brewery. And it's like, well, okay, let's keep going. And we're at this point now where our, like in the next month or so, our, our tap room will be in a good space where it's, it's, you know, in the black and we can concentrate finally on, on we're, we're staffed up where we can concentrate on distribution. And then, you know, another thing we want to do if, if it's viable is like, you always want to, you want to, um, you want to like uh, diversify what you're doing, uh, in a beverage, in a beverage industry. Cause like, again, COVID like right. people that couldn't can and couldn't pivot were toast. Um, and which is really unfortunate. Yeah. We lost a lot of good breweries because of that. Um, we want to make sure that we keep that. You know, we can can we can have good accounts out, and not only that, but then maybe some contract brewing. You know, we have a large system. I have a lot of experience do, doing large batches, and we have a canner, and so maybe some of the small breweries that want to reach to out the to that, level. yeah, or people that maybe don't that want to do beer from a branding perspective, but don't want to brew it, which is, you know, I mean, that's, there's a lot of people out there that are called like gypsy brewers or like, um, you know, like they want to, they want to design the beer and they want to market the beer. They want to brew the beer or package it. Hey, that's, that's cool. That's what I do. Yeah. You got, (laughs) obviously I'm terrible at making names for beers. I I I named a beer, turn that thing into a drink. Like, yeah, that was his one. (laughs) I get get one and it's like, I'm done with that. (laughs) I like it. So you're not, not again, business plan um, from a, you know, expansion perspective in process. Yeah. But up to this point, a couple of tips you'd have for anybody that's interested in entering into the brewing industry or, or in general, even starting, yeah, a, starting a new business? Well, I, y- yeah, you go well, first. Well, um, 
my biggest thing is um, the learning from mistakes thing. Because, like, being humble and um, figuring out what you don't know, asking for help when you need it, um, being okay with saying, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do something different. Um, and, and keeping that flexibility, I think is like the biggest thing. Cause like we can all make plans. We all have all these big plans. Uh, barely anything goes to plan. Um, and keeping an open mind and just like pivoting through all the, the, the issues. Um, cause there's, there's inevitably, if you're doing things right and you're pushing the bound boundaries of like what you're capable of and what your business is capable of, you are going to make mistakes and you're going to run into problems. Um, I'm not comfortable unless I'm in a semi chaotic, like, uh, environment. environment. (laughs) You have to, you have Um, to be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. First of all, you definitely have to be okay with. Yeah. And if we're just gliding, I feel like we're not doing it right. You know? So that would be my biggest lesson is embrace that chaos, um, pivot, learn from mistakes, um, and, and just like keep crushing forward. Um, that's my, that's my, yeah. that's my approach. And yeah, yeah, yeah I, for sure. We're I mean, both I, like that, so. I did this, I, I, I talked about this over, over COVID and when I was trying to, um, get more money and all the stuff is like, we were basically building a car while we were trying to drive it down yeah. the highway to an appointment we're late for. Right. Um, you don't have to well, do that's it that visual. way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like you, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Like, first of all, we had to because we had no choice. Yeah. Timing and we had the lease and all this stuff. Like definitely plan it, plan it, plan it. But also, like you said, uh, learn how to fail right, you know, yeah. and have people around you that have failed that can help you with that. Get mentors, um, get a great investor group. If you're not bringing your own money to the game, uh, get a great investor group if you if you're doing SBA loans make sure you have a wonderful relationship with the bank and a lot of mentors you cannot have too many mentors uh get a wonderful attorney really good attorney um <laughs> you, you have to like businesses full especially the entrepreneurial crew and crowd it's full of less than great people that are looking for themselves and you know um and you'll meet them you always meet them and sometimes you're lucky enough to not have them in your company. And sometimes you're not lucky enough to have them in your company. And you need a great law attorney to figure that out. Um, you know, having having a really good plan of who's going to do what, what are you legally responsible for. You cannot spend enough money on that um, from my perspective. Great. Um, but like. <laughs> um, great advice. And then, I, mean, I mean, obviously, again, like you have to embrace the chaos you don't have to live in chaos. You you have to be, but you have to be okay with a little bit because that's the whole point of being an entrepreneur is like you're doing something, like I said, from zero to zero to one. It's it's sometimes a nightmare, but like it's worth it. Like there's so much awesome that can come from it and the people you meet and the people that you can either hire or work with or work for. Uh, so um, it's a great ride. And uh, I don't know. I mean, anything I can offer, like me personally, Sure, I've made lots of mistakes. I mean, I started a company in August of 2019. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, so, like, anybody listening to this, I'm available, too. And I have a huge mentor group that's always available and, and helping out. And, and obviously, Jenna yeah. as well. Um, that's, like, you, you need people like that. So, 
Uh, not great that, feedback and yeah. a great, great offer. Yeah, yeah of course. Great I offer. mean, that's the whole point. So, so if I'm a, I'm a beer drinker, where do I find you guys physically? Where's yeah. the, where's the brew pub located? Uh, yeah, we're so. right under uh, the Duquesne clock, the big clock, famous. 2120 Jane Street, yep. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, 15203. That'll get you to our parking lot. Um, and uh, yeah. We have two entrances. Um, our hours are... Yeah, what are the hours these days? Oh, yeah. So we're Monday through Wednesday, 3 to 10. Thursday, Friday, 3 to 11. Saturday, 12 to 10. And Sunday, 12 to 6. Oh, seven so, days a week. Seven, seven days, days a week. week. We and just right. made that We made that choice about a month ago. Yeah. Um, for At first, we started Wednesday through Saturday. Um, and we were like, okay, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are like business days, brew days. Right. Um, and then we just realized that uh we wanted to have a space that was consistent so there was no thinking when you're like i want to go develop and have a beer you can just go and you know that we're open so yeah um so far it's been really good obviously it's a lot more work on our part because one of us has to be there um all the time and uh but it's been really worth it people are coming in on monday and all all seven seven days a week um people are coming in enjoying themselves and um, right. Yeah. So okay. if, if people want to learn more about Vellum, I'm assuming you active yeah. on social oh, yeah. media yeah, and, you can, and website. Yeah, you can find us uh, most of everything up to date um, and all the events and stuff is on Instagram and Facebook at Vellum Fermentation is our handle. Um, and then we also have a website, www.vellumfermentation.com. That's a little bit in, in the process, you know, still um, being built. Still being built, but, but social media. So we're, got, building, we'll yeah. be, we're building that car while Jenna, we're building it. Yeah, but. Jenna runs the social media, runs the uh, Instagram, and it's killer. It like she keeps it on point. Everything's updated. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you both so thank much you. for your insights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking forward here in, in in the relatively near future, seeing some Vellum product on the shelves in some uh, different places. Yeah, for sure. You know what brand's going to be. Uh, yeah, put out there um, first for uh, well, people to we're identify gonna, with. We're definitely going to put our uh, our hundred percent PA logger out um, because I, that's just something that I I just love the concept of is having a hundred percent PA grown uh, product. But then you know the hazies kill it. Um, I want to put the porter out there because I just love <laughs> like again Black Bee Porter. I'm just like yeah. such a fanboy of the shoots. I'll never stop. Um, but we'll 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 do a little bit of everything and see what the market wants and see where like. Like, do they want the 16-ounce? Do they want – Does do people want to go back to 12-ounce, six-packs? Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, we'll see. Maybe. 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 <laughs> it's, it's up to them, you know, so. Excellent. Thank you for watching and listening to part two of our series on vellum fermentation. For those of you that have any questions about this episode or other episodes of Inside the Vault or would like to suggest future topics, you can email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com. And please be sure to check us out on all the major podcast platforms and in video format on YouTube. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Mm.